I just don't don't agree with the fact that like other people have to have to say that something's okay if they don't agree with it. Well, basically, what what you're saying here is that gay people have to be all right with what you're saying, but then they're not allowed to say similar stuff about you. They're not allowed to celebrate who they are. They're not allowed to make jokes about straight people, and that's all straight people ever seem to do to the queer community. Hey guys, welcome to the third episode of PersuadeCast, the podcast where we bring people of different political, religious, and ideological views together to persuade each other of their beliefs. In this episode, we're going to try and tackle our first really controversial topic relating to gender and the constellation of ideas surrounding it. Just as a note to our viewers, things get pretty hairy about halfway through, and as such, please remember that as a podcast, we're trying to be as open as possible. And though some of the opinions shared may cause offense, I feel it's important to talk about these things openly nonetheless. I really feel like I learned a lot from the discussion, and I hope any of you listening also find it valuable. Without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so the topic of today's discussion will be gender identity. Specifically, we'll try to look at whether or not the term gender is useful or valid when defined as a social construct how gender identity relates, relates to sex, stereotypes in society, and uh, we'll also be discussing whether or not, in our speakers' views, there are more than two genders. So uh, speaking today are another, a number of people from Canada, and I don't, I don't think any of us have any formal training in gender studies, do we? Okay, nobody. Uh, yeah, I also don't, so just know that we're laymen, but we're interested in sharing ideas nonetheless. Each person will introduce themselves and give us a basic description of how they see their own gender and whether or not they believe gender is more than just their biological sex. So uh, first up is Kieran from Vancouver, Canada. So Kieran, how do you perceive gender? Would you say gender is simply your sex or is it more than just your XX or XY chromosomes? It's more than just your chromosomes, in my opinion. Uh, next is Joaquin from Vancouver, Canada. So, so Joaquin, uh, how do you see gender? Is it important to you? Uh, it, it doesn't play a huge role in my life, but uh, I know it plays a significant role in a lot of people's lives um, and how they're viewed. In regards to whether or not it's binary, I do not believe that gender is binary, nor do I believe it sh should be binary. So you see it more on a continuum then? A bit more of a spectrum, yeah. Okay. And finally, Thomas from Vancouver. Hi, folks. Um, I think it's just a fascinating topic, uh, and so I'm I'm more on more aligned with uh, gender being binary. Yeah, and I, I think that everything else is just like confusion and doesn't really help the conversation. Okay, so we have two people who think that uh, gender is more of a spectrum, and one person who thinks that it's it is binary. Next, uh, can you just explain why you think that gender is a spectrum? And I don't know if you have evidence. For that but like maybe just some personal anecdotes about people you've met or uh, in your own life how how gender has had more than just one you know binary aspect okay so so Kieran um, whenever you you think about gender and you've just observed it in your own life uh, how do you see yourself and how do you observe maybe your friends and loved ones in terms of the span of genders they have from what I can see most of the people I know uh, fall into a binary category, but there are those who don't, a couple friends from school and the like, and 
So far as I'm concerned, I, I think I fall into a binary category. But once again, I know a lot of people who don't. So you'd say that you're personally cis male, I presume? Not cis male, trans male, but it's still a binary, still directly in male. I don't consider myself somewhere in between. So you're, you're trans male, yeah. uh, but you have lots of friends who, yeah. who have sort of different views of themselves. Yes. Okay, uh, Joaquin, how do you see yourself and what's, what, what are some examples of friends you have that maybe, maybe they don't fit into the typical cis categories? Um, I actually don't have examples, personal examples. I'm completely an outsider to this topic, as I'm sure quite a few people are. So I'm just commentating from a perspective that is, doesn't have any direct relation to the um, people involved in the topic. Um, I would say that the term gender is, can be a bit of a loaded term, and it's, it's got quite a few interpretations, um, depending on our point in history, um, its role in other languages, or how we view and define that term now in more contemporary senses. Uh, but what is not vague or beholden to much interpretation, if at all, is the term sex. Um, we already have a very clear-cut term to just describe um, the physical, binary, and by some extension, mental char characteristics of men and women, which is a clear-cut term based on reproductive functions. This isn't to say sex has to do with our personal identity or, or gender identity or how we would like to be seen. It's just, it's simply a, a neutral biological definition of the two categories. Um, and then, of course, there's also intersex. So you definitely see gender as sort of an aspect of culture. And because it's a product of sort of the beliefs and the ways everyday people think, there's it's harder to categorize than just simply using the word sex. Yeah, and is that right? That's true. And we really need to um, separate gender and sex because those words over the years have become too close and too intertwined to the point where we don't know which means what. Um, no, we really need to separate the uh, biological origin of sex and the more uh, psychological and social and uh, societal aspects of gender identities and gender. Okay. Um, so, Thomas, what's your first reaction to hearing uh, just the description of gender as a social construct? And so you, you think that gender is binary, uh, male or female. So, so I guess, first of all, just give us your description of what you think gender is, and then maybe describe a little bit what you think about people who see themselves as non-binary people. Well, first, I guess, first off, I mean, my, my issue with this, with I, I didn't really care too much about this stuff um, like years ago. But then when that, that marriage thing, when they trying to change the definition of marriage or did change the definition of marriage, um, it made me realize, like, uh, that what's happening is we're not saying that black and white is black and white anymore. Like there was mention about confusion of terms and, and we don't know what means what, and that's what's starting to unravel. And and I think that it's it's not actually helpful to people to to say like, oh, you can be whatever you want to be and stuff like that. It's like, no, like we, we do have defined um, physical and psychological traits and qualities that make us a certain way. Um, and I think it's the confusion of those uh, that, that puts people in in either uh, direction that's that doesn't correlate with their their physical sex. Okay, so so we have some kind of pre-programmed um, psychology based on what what sex we are. So what what actual like parts we have? What uh, whether we have testosterone or estrogen and all that stuff. Um, and you think that that does a lot to define the way that we 
should be? Well, it's not it's not about should. Um, and that's the, the curious thing. When someone says should, it doesn't mean that it's real. You know, like there there is truth in this world. And the, the thing is, like a person like a person can't become a person who's a man can't become a woman, just like a person who's a woman can't become a man. It's just sorry, that's you're you're that. You mean that's just like a, a physical impossibility or, or they can't take on that role? It's a physical impossibility. I mean, they can they can act like it, but um, it's it's just, I can never know what it's like to be a woman. Never. I mean, I can empathize and, and I can put myself in the shoes, but um, physically speaking, I can never know what it's like to be a woman. So I can never be a woman. Yeah. Well, first of all, the saying that it, it's black and white is really overgeneralizing something that's quite complicated since all right, chromosomes XX and XY aren't as clear cut as a lot of think they are between intersex individuals who are born with two XX chromosomes and then a Y chromosome and can develop sexual characteristics of both men and women. There's also a whole variety of unusual, unusual things that can happen with chromosomes during the conception of a child, such as men who are born with XX chromosomes. It doesn't matter that they have both XX chromosomes. They still develop primary sex characteristics in the womb of a man and secondary sex characteristics in puberty of a man. On every level, they look male and act male and have a male brain, but on a chromosomal level, they are technically women. Similarly, the idea that it's not something you can change, I, I'd agree with. You can't just one day decide, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a man or I'm going to be a woman. But numerous studies have actually found that transgender, performed on transgender individuals, both, uh, first in 1995 and all the way up to the present day, I have the sources, if you'd like, have uh, shown that transgender individuals actually have the brain structure of the gender they identify as, not as the gender they were born as. Just touching on the small details quickly, uh, in the uh, bed nucleus of the striatal terminals in the brain, which controls sex and anxiety responses, male to female transgender individuals had female-sized neuron concentrations as opposed to something that would be in, within the male range. So, so you're saying that the actual so sex now we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. sex differences and that is the physical manifestation of you know your your genetics yeah. as a male you can actually wind up with sort of different um chromosome structures yeah. that we would normally use to put you into the category of male if we didn't have anything to look at like if we didn't have this ultrasound of your baby or something and we just had a picture of your chromosomes we would assume something but then that thing would turn out differently exactly and and also there are surveys that say the actual brain structure of people who um do is, is gender dysphoria the right term whenever people have gender dysphoria is a psychological disorder this is actual physical differences in the brain oh okay um so so whenever people are transgender there, there are studies that say they have different wiring in their brain that i guess manifests as their yeah, within the range of their different identities, identify as as opposed to the one they were born as. Do Do you have any um, anything else to elaborate on that study you found? Just to say that there was several control groups that they did both without uh, with and without a hormone replacement therapy, which cis people do occasionally undergo to deal with uh, some issues. 
and they found just straight up whatever gender you identified as, normally your brain fell within the range of that gender as opposed to the one you were born as. So what this means is um, you can use, a, I guess, a brain scan as an indicator for what somebody identifies as without actually looking at their body. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Joaquin, do you, do you want to say anything about that? Um, yeah. So it, it primarily, it has to do with your, I believe it primarily has to do with your level of masculinity and femininity or lack thereof. There's some people who don't even want to associate either area of the spectrum, but um, we know that some people are more masculine, but not to the point of manliness you'd see from someone like Gerard Butler. And some people are so manly that they can only be described as Gerard Butler. Um, and the point is that there's, there's so much in between just affecting gender. Um, and in, in some cases, as Kieran mentioned, even biological, uh, depending on estrogen, testosterone levels, that, that you have to have a term to service these differences uh, when it comes to something as specific as your gender. Uh, we know it's not just biological. We know that because we already have a term for that, we, um, we have the term of sex. And any, any definition of gender pays fairly minimal credence to, to biology exclusively. Uh, so we can surmise that it's it's more of a social, psychological, and sexual area of terminology with the massive amount of different options in between masculinity and femininity. So so why not just allow the term gender to do its job? Yeah, before we move uh, forward, Thomas, I, I just want to say we've moved from sex, which is the, the physical, you know, chromosomal genetic aspects and also their physical manifestation on your mm -hmm. body mm -hmm. to gender which is the idea of, you know, your, your role in society or just the way you see yourself and whether that aligns mostly with female or male or whether that's just anywhere in between. So well, you can, you can still be, you can still be, I mean, uh, the Gerard Butler reference was re mentioned earlier and it's just like, uh, but that's also like one aspect of masculinity. Like um, men can be both brutish and they can be gentle. Um, and so we, we attribute, we, we hyper attribute certain traits to, either sexes but it's like um depending on like how you are as a man with a woman like you're not gonna like i mean you can can be like kicking dudes into wells and stuff and, and saying this is sparta you know like it's not it's not it's not all like that um so there's 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 many different ways to express um like sensuality for example um and just because that's coming from a man it doesn't make him any less masculine uh and the the, the thing that i have with all this biological and psychological stuff um, what we're talking about is, yeah, like the gender dysphoria kind of thing, you removed from the DSM and, and all that stuff. Um, like treat this whole issue um, like we're talking about people who are colorblind. Uh, just because some people don't see the same colors as everyone else, we don't change the, the, the name that we give to the colors for the people who still see them as they are. Um, because someone believes that they are a certain thing, that doesn't mean we have to change um, the terms and definitions just to fit that it it doesn't it doesn't change anything of how how a male and female operate it's, it's a birth defect in in certain cases okay but you say you say defect but i mean um it's just different right i mean and humans evolve and, and through mutation we adapt etc 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 we're always going to be born different in some way or another 
Um, and unless this is a medically inherent issue that is endangering your ability to say procreate or survive, um, we maybe want to be careful while calling it a defect, um, unless you're to suggest, which is fair, and we'll, we'll talk more about it, unless you're to suggest that there are um, negative attributes to non-traditional gender identities. And is maybe that we're suggesting at all? Yeah, yeah, that because because you're changing language, like you're you're changing language into sense that um, uh, a, a man and woman united as marriage, but then you're making it a guy and a guy or a girl and a girl. It's like no, like words have certain meanings and 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 they're they're meant to have certain meanings uh, for a reason. And so I, I find like when it starts to and also like changing how you like you can't make a joke. I mean, like guys, guys joke all the time, like calling each other faggots and um, and saying something's gay. Like, and these are straight men, and it's just this is just the thing that guys do. And then saying like, oh, you can't say that. It's just like this is this is freedom of speech. Like, we can say something, and just because you're offended, um, I haven't like no one has overstepped your personal frontier. Yeah, so the, the um, freedoms. That, I'm not about removes your security. You know, black guys don't say the N word. It's um, but freedom of speech is an issue, and I know there's a lot going on um, with, um, you know, just people getting offended and people getting sued for um, offending someone, and in some cases arbitrarily. Uh, freedom of speech is absolutely essential. Um, at the same time, um, there's also harassment, and there's also, um, you know, hate crimes. Hate crimes, yeah. I mean, there are hate crimes are a legitimate thing, and. Uh, we do have those laws in place. Are they a little bit vague and do they need refinement? Probably. Well, that's, you're talking about bullying and bullying is a part of free speech. Um, like, uh, who uh, hasn't been bullied here? Like, is there anyone who hasn't been bullied here? Okay, but bully also, bullying also goes into physical aggression too. Um, it, it can, I mean, and, um, but is there, it's like we, we've looked at this thing, like we need to wrap people up in, 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 bubble wrap because they can't defend themselves me socially speaking i think bullying is actually necessary uh in order to strengthen the individual to stand up for himself because if you're constantly going to your teacher or the government to uh, like be have your back then how are you going to be like a fully matured individual so we're working so, and through, I think like, we're covering bullies, a lot like, of ground here Okay, so the thing you started with was sort of marriage between a man and a woman and how that's supposed, how it's supposed to be like that and um, how the, the way you see it, a break from that, that pattern is in some way suboptimal or a defect, as you put it. So what is the tolerance um, for just... Because, okay, I think the thing we have to accept here is some people are whenever they're growing up or for whatever reason you know the way they think just doesn't align with their body and uh they take steps um in in such a way so as to accommodate the way that they think yeah i, I can um, yeah i can i can sum it up pretty quickly and just like i don't like i don't sure. take issue with it being called gay marriage it's gay marriage just like you wouldn't call a person who's gay straight because they're gay um so that definition there is like it's intrinsic to what it is. So by calling gay marriage marriage, it's it obfuscates what outcome and, and action is. And at the end of the day, like the real issue is is about tolerance. You cannot part in certain circles to have a view variety completely uh, 
like torn apart uh, and ridiculed and, and hated for something simply because you have a different point of view. Like, and it's not saying someone doesn't have the right to exist or, or, or hate speech or anything like that, but simply holding the view that marriage is between a man and a woman um, garners uh, a lot of hate. And it's, I mean, people can disagree all they want, um, but it's just like, it becomes such a personal issue with a lot of people. And, and I think that that's, that's really unnecessary. And it, and it gets to be like, people can't actually speak their mind when it comes to issues like this. Um, and I've seen in numerous circumstances in schools, at workplaces, where people literally have to like look around the room and speak in quieted voices if they say something that disagrees with um, the promotion of homosexuality and saying that gay is okay and all that stuff. If you say anything that's critical about it, it becomes um, it becomes like a hush hush topic, and that's and that's not healthy for any any sort of social environment. I would agree with that, um, but I want to go back to something you previously said, Thomas, uh, that was interesting about gay marriage and marriage and how you wouldn't call it marriage, you'd call it gay marriage. Um, and I, I do disagree with that, though, because, um, like, let's look at movies. We, we used to not allow black people in movies, and now they're in movies. We're not going to say, we're not going to call them movies with black people. <laughs> we're, we're just going to call them movies, right? Um, the, the, the idea and concept of a movie a feature film has stayed the same. And in the same light, um, marriage, which is just the, the legal bond with a lot of benefits between two, at this point, it's two humans of consenting age, is a concept that it hasn't changed, in my opinion, to the point where you need to say, I'm going to go get gay married. Um, just as you wouldn't say, I'm going to go watch a, a black people movie with black people. May I add something here? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, well, the thing is, the, I, I'd argue the definition of marriage has changed a lot in the last 500 years or so. I mean, it mostly, it used to be so uh, based in Christianity and religion, and it was about the man, uh, in, in a sense, inheriting the woman and her belongings. And then in recent years, most people marrying aren't marrying for religious reasons, even though marriage came from a religion. You know, would you... I mean, by that definition, those people would be an, an atheist marriage, not just a normal marriage. Uh, also, just with regards to your, your comments about free speech, uh, my understanding of free speech is that it means you can speak out against the government without uh, the government silencing you. It's not that you can say what you want without people taking issue with what you're saying. People are allowed to defend their opinions. It's like that thing about how if you say something if you insult the owner of a restaurant to his face, he's allowed to kick you out of his restaurant. It's not a free speech speech issue. It's a being decent to human people issue. He wasn't infringing on your free speech. You're allowed to say that as much as you want, but he's then allowed to kick you out of his restaurant. Mm -hmm. I don't want to speak for you, Thomas, uh, but you were just like as as a grievance taking issue with uh, the sort of stifling. Uh, culture we have in certain spaces so that you know people like yourself who hold certain views can't can't speak openly about them because you will be uh, judged or, or reprimanded like I can see why you know the things the opinions you might have or I might have or anybody might have could be deeply offensive to people and why they might hate me for saying the things that I would say yeah. I, I do see where you're coming from with the the grievance that you know, you can be officially reprimanded. And, and it seems to be mostly the case in academia. 
um, where there's like real world consequences for saying something that was offensive. But I think in the rest of the universe, it, it doesn't really happen like that. It's, it's kind of like um, Kieran was saying, where people just, you know, they'll kick you out of the restaurant. And that's the extent of it. I think I think it's just it's just I mean, it's t like tolerance is a word that's thrown out so much. And so when I see the exact opposite of tolerance happening from people that preach tolerance, just because you have a different point of view, it makes me then question the entire motive of why they're doing what they're doing, because this is no longer about tolerance. This is enforcing people. And as you've seen with the Bill C-16 and, and now they're starting to remove gender, um, they're putting like ambiguous gender things on, on IDs. Um, you're, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to speak freely and they're, they're enforcing a worldview that just doesn't apply to like 97% of the population. Um, oh, and to think that th to think that the gender stuff is arbitrary, like there was an interview with the guy who's now his probably son, but his baby that was the first BC born um, infant to now have a U on his on his uh, health card for unknown or undeclared or whatever, or undecided, who knows, but his use of the term arbitrary um, looking at a baby's genitals to determine whether it's it's male or female is not arbitrary at all to 90 plus percent of the population so to to disregard um gender as male and female just because you know a small portion not to say that like people don't have important issues and stuff that should be addressed but enforcing those issues on the like everybody else uh it's not necessary uh you can you can have your worldview and and live your life but there's no point in in infringing and encroaching on something that's it's just true uh, for a lot of other people. What do you mean by enforcing? Saying that you can't call a man a man and a woman a woman. Um, that if you believe you're a woman, yet you're you're clearly a man, it's just like, no. You yeah, know, I, I believe you can. There's, there's no need for it. Like, uh, Actually, I have Bill C-16 up right now. Yeah. And I've, I've read through it a few times, but I I have every every paragraph here. And... It, it looks there, there are some there's different bills and 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 I know there's a lot of bad stuff out there but this one in particular uh, yeah it's just ma mainly amendments because we they're mainly just amending what we've already had which is that you can't discriminate against people uh, based on race um, or sex age or religion and then you'll look at the section and it will say uh, the amendment is they added gender identity or expression and, and let me just kind of like go into this a little bit more here. So it's not to say that you, you can't call someone like a man or a woman and get arrested because they don't identify that way. It's just to say uh, it wouldn't be legal to discriminate, say, in a workplace because of that fact or the, their gender identity. Uh, it, it like means that if someone's discriminated against based So it's like just because of a, a guy wears a dress, he's suddenly a woman. My understanding of the bill just means that now in the past, if someone is discriminated against because of their gender identity, it wouldn't be counted as a hate crime because it wasn't it wasn't amended yet. It, was, it could be counted as harassment, but it was not officially a hate crime. All the bill does is make it so that it is now considered a hate crime along with racism and sexism when they're used aggressively or violently against people. Yeah, I don't I don't believe in violence in any form. So like I'm not I'm not talking about um, talking about violence. I'm I'm simply talking about having a 
a worldview that um, you would say applies more objectively to what the truth is, which is, you know, relations between men and women. So let's let's talk about the truth here. I just want to go through these definitions and see if we can agree that they exist to just to start so that we're on the same page. So sex exists. Um, you know, people have different physical parts, obviously. Um, gender in the sense that there sort of are roles that males and females can identify with. I guess the topic of today is, is there are there places in between? But in other words, the fact that I'm cisgendered means that I was born physically a male, but also as I grew up, I had no problems with that. I didn't, you know, want to do typically female things that were designed or defined sort of like the definition of what a female is can be totally different from culture to culture and I just happen to not click with you know North American Canadian conceptions of what a female does so so that that definition of gender I think we can all agree exists right yeah that's agreeable okay yeah Thomas do you do you agree with that <laughs> gender agen identity and gender um, expression are just like they're flimsy words, like they're flimsy definitions. Um, because again, like gender identity and gender expression are mental creations, like they're, they're per individual. So it's like, it's not like you can, you can say whatever you want, you are, you can dress however you want. And it's just like. So they are socially constructed, but that doesn't mean that they're not real to us, right? Like if I, if I identified with whatever North American Canadian female stereotypes were and i wanted to live that out instead then that would also be part of a binary gender so i could e either be born male and then identify as male or i could be born male and identify as female um but that's sort of the psychological part and that exists to everybody kind of as far as i see whether you like it or not and i guess the point of contention with using that word and with people saying that there are only two genders um, and, and why we have so much controversy is because of that um, semantic difference where people normally use the word gender to refer to their biological sex whenever really it's kind of migrated over to mean this this big structure of just beliefs about yourself and your identity. Like, can we agree that that also that exists? I, I think. I think everyone else agrees, but that, that's okay if you don't agree, Thomas. I'm just I'm just trying to state as clearly as I can what the common conception of the word gender means it was just more like because i mean i mean social construction is based on the individual um so how individuals are in society then creates the society and and so when we throw terms around like social norms and social constructions it's like no that's just a manifestation of the representative truth of how men and, and female relate to one another how, how much of our gender roles are the result of just cultural norms though because you know th there is a lot of wiggle room there in say like South Korea the super you know male paradigm in k-pop is pretty feminine yeah. by our standards yeah. and uh, in the Himalayas um, I don't know if this is specifically gender but like there's a cultural difference there where they they perform polyandry which is what, what they do is they have one wife for many brothers and so all, all I'm providing here is examples at which 
we have non-standard, you know, North American cultural norms. And so to say that something is normal, say the woman stays at home and raises the children or something, and the man goes out and, and you know, mines the, the, the deep core rocks and comes back home with a bunch of money, these are North American things that perhaps we've invented and it could be way different. So, so how much do you think is sort of part of being a male as a sex? It goes down to the simplest form of who hits on who. <laughs> like it, it really breaks down. It really breaks down to that simple. Like you don't want a woman approaching you. <laughs> Speak for yourself, um, man. I, you don't. <laughs> Of the discourse no. we've had, this this has got to be the biggest one here. <laughs> no, I, I, let me explain. Let me explain. So the thing the thing is though, if a guy is too afraid to approach a girl and to put himself out there and assert his dominance and say, "Hey, I am a worthy candidate for you to mate with," that guy does not deserve that woman. Now, a guy has a lot less to lose when it comes to mating and reproduction because he does his job. He can he can fuck off. A woman has a lot more to lose which is probably one of the uh, subconsciously why women aren't the ones putting themselves out there um, directly picking up. Like they make themselves available with, with body language, that sort of thing. But it's, they're not going to be actively like having to go hit on guys because for stars, they don't need to. It's the guy that needs to prove himself to the woman and show, hey, I am a worthy candidate. The woman, not so much. Like a man is valued by his skills. A woman is valued by her looks and chastity and all that stuff. And so okay. that, that's, that's where you lot. get your defined, your defined <laughs> roles. Well, it is kind of interesting. I mean, just as an observation that those gender roles seem to have come up, you know, percolated across the globe independently of one another. So it could be that... You know there is an evolutionary basis in those those paradigms and it's just as a consequence of you know that's that's how humans were successful whenever we were running around on the on the plains or whatever but i the the, the place everything changes is whenever you have intelligence and whenever you get to decide how things should be right so i don't want to run away from lions we've changed everything right and so whenever we come out of that evolutionary background, you know, maybe that is because it does seem to have come up independently all over the planet. You wind up with these patriarchal societies, you know, in, in Saudi Arabia or something where uh, your, your wife is essentially treated like property that you must cover and and parade around. Um, and this this comes up everywhere. And that's and this is why we have these issues all over the planet uh, with with equality and stuff, because. Oh, go ahead. Um, oh, well, a lot of these cultures you're talking about, China and, and, and Saudi Arabia and all those, and Europe, they were all very closely connected and would have developed along a similar timeline. But I mean, to say that there's no matriarchal societies in history is completely ignoring the majority of uh, the indigenous people of North America. Please do tell. I don't know about this. Uh, a, a decent number of First Nations bands in North America were matriarchal. There were some that pa were patriarchal, like the um, Coast Salish territory, which I think all of us are standing in at the moment. But there were some who were uh, led by women, or where yeah. women had the more important roles. And it wasn't that they became hunter-gatherers, it's that in their societies, the most important roles were deemed to be child-rearing and 
weaving and gathering and all this stuff was considered to be the most prestigious roles in their society. The, the idea that more masculine uh, roles, what, what we define as more masculine roles like hunter, hunting and, all, and fighting are unique to European, Asian, and uh, I don't know that much about African culture, to be honest, so I can't speak for those countries. Mm -hmm. So I think what's clear here is um, if we want to just talk about biology and bring it but, down to the simple stuff Thomas was talking about, I think it's pretty pretty clear, and I don't think it's that controversial to say that men have been hunter-gatherer types, uh, more aggressive, more testosterone, stronger physically, and more adapt at providing um, for uh, their families. Uh, going back to tribes and whatever time period you want to go to, I, I don't think that's controversial. And women have had more of a nurture family role in raising and having more direct uh, protection of their children while the men are away mm -hmm. um, and that's just that's just science that's just history that's biology that's just mm -hmm. how humans have gotten to where they are now and I don't think that's necessarily a very controversial thing um, but now we are faced with a new a new question and a new paradigm and that's like Liam was kind of getting at is now we have introduced a whole lot of intelligence and society has changed and humans have we have gone beyond uh, the threshold of just trying to survive. Absolutely. Yeah. Built yeah. societies and ideas and environments and social constructs. And no other animal on earth has done this to this degree. So we're a new thing in that sense. And so Thomas is right in that regard, but we're going to continue from that. And I would say we, we can change those roles. We have changed those roles. Yeah, I was. I just want to throw something in there because um, yeah, you're mentioning about survival, surviving, and we've moved past the point of, of of trying to survive. And it's like, I mean, we we haven't really we like we have these institutions in place, but we're still constantly trying to survive. Like we absolutely are trying to survive. We're trying to survive in the business world. We're trying to survive in the relationship world. We're always constantly competing, um, and and being faced with difficulties. And um, survival does exist, and especially when you come with. Um, like this clash of civilization, so to speak, like um, Western and Eastern cultures, um, like like you're saying, the the Arabs in Saudi Arabia and, and our culture, which is more inclusive, um, you do have like their, uh, so to speak, that want our destruction, and so when you look at that, like no, we're we're absolutely uh, trying to survive, and there are people that don't don't like us being alive, so. Um, one thing that I, 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 I wish I had more research on it, but there's this feminist who uh, essentially said that androgyny, um, the more prevalent it becomes in the society, um, that is actually a, a sign that it's going to be in decline and that it's going to collapse. And she said that it, represent, it represents a civilization, a civilization uh, that no longer believes in itself, becomes more androgynous, becomes more, oh, like laissez-faire when it comes to the sexes. Um, and I read some part about what happened in Rome and stuff and that um, they're like they're trying to do sex change operations and, and whatnot. Like, I don't know the accuracy of that. So this is just something that is starting to come to my area of uh, knowledge. But I thought it was pretty fascinating. Have you uh, have you guys ever read The Forever War or do you know about that book? <laughs> no, no. So so The Forever War is a science fiction novel um, in which the, the primary plot 
is that there's there's some space marines they go to war with another you know solar system but uh what it what it's really about is kind of a social commentary on how these people are not able to cope with how things change back home because every time they get in their spaceship and they fly off to fight the enemy and they come back well because of time dilation it's been like 200 years so over the course of this book they go go to war and come back go to war and come back and each time they do this there's some new norm and it's totally different so um about like halfway through the book or something they leave and and heterosexuality is is the norm and then they come back and because of earth's overpopulation or whatever it was encouraged by the government or the powers that be that uh, people become homosexual to to reduce the offspring and stabilize the population and of course our protagonists are very uh you know they're not ready for this just how much things back home have changed and then they go away again they come back again and things are different yet again but finally the whole concept of gender is kind of erased and the human race is now sort of a very androgynous middle ground you know we've we've overcome all of our reproductive concerns so so my point there is there are directions we could go which are non-standard which could potentially be good for humanity but we i don't think we have any way of saying that doing the same thing and and just sticking with one man one woman you know three kids forever will be the 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 optimal you know most beautiful form of life moving forward what say you thomas that's that's (laughs) the only form of life i mean um if you if you look at uh there's a yeah mentioning books and stuff there's a excellent graphic novel called why the last man and it's i don't know if you guys read it's freaking awesome but um it's just literally one of those hypothetical things where it's like a disease has wiped out every single man on the planet and so it's just one dude and his monkey uh, and he's trying to get to Australia to, to his girlfriend, but it's just it just shows the different cultural uh, aspects of, of society in which men are predominantly pilots, men are predominantly terror roles and um, and run electrical plants. So there's no power. So it's like it shows the aspects of society that if men were erased, uh, um, a, a hole they would leave. And but that's and that's not to say that women wouldn't leave a huge hole too. Like men and women need each other. At the end of the day, the reason why a man exists is for a woman. Uh, and I've heard women say the same thing, that their reason is a man. And uh, a lot of the talk goes from uh, from that being okay to that being something negative that's been forced on a person. And we don't have a choice in the matter. It's like, no, we don't. And accept that because that's fucking wonderful. And a lot of, there's a lot of bitterness and resentment too that comes with like almost being a slave to the system uh, and people want to change it. And it's just like, no, this is how the system is. Just enjoy yourself and be grateful you got to experience it at all. Sound like uh, a dictator. Well, the thing about <laughs> it, just it's, enjoy it. it's all right for <laughs> you. The the system works for you, but f- so you have no reason to want to change it. But those for whom it doesn't work, you can see why they'd be unhappy with the situation they're in and why they want to change it. Uh, I, I've they're met, not. Yeah. There, there are no way trying to erase straight people or, or cis people. And I've never heard someone seriously talking about being straight being a negative thing outside of joking context. It's just a matter of people wanting the same rights. I mean, uh, I'd, I'd say I'd say you're joking in a in a context like that is actually it's it's actually very real. Um, I read an article that was about the C16 being passed and. 
Um, the, uh, the article was written by someone who identifies trans or something like that. And they were extremely negative uh, in how they addressed uh, straight people. In fact, they, they called them like wealthy cis, wealthy cis white men. But there's also the KKK around, which is just like a bunch of individuals who say really horrible, shitty things. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's extremes on either either side of the spectrum. Yeah. There's something to be said about um, like the the hype around like I had like it blew my mind when I heard the stat that like um, like three percent of people are gay because what I, I originally thought I'm like, well, there's gay pride parades like gay being gay is such a big issue. Like it seems like half the population is gay. Uh, but then you're like, no, it, it actually only affects this many people. And then when you start to meet um, people who are confused, um, who, who have, there, there's this one guy I met who he was insulted um, at, at some party or something and, and made fun of for being gay. Um, and he like, he just didn't know what to think of it. And it had actually been bothering him, like, like admitting and like crying in front of uh, me and a couple of friends, including his father. And it was a heavy thing for him. Like he was just really confused, but he was just in his own head. And then I'm like, I'm asking him like, so when we went to that club the other night, the guys, weren't you? I'm like, so, so when you like, when you jerk off, you, you, you watch gay porn, right? And he's like, no. And it's just like, like you, th you think of girls all the time. Like, yeah, like these are just things that when you, when you, when you're throwing a lot of stuff at people who don't have, you know, the, the, I guess the structure in their life to like say like this is who, who I am um, you're you're making a stressful time because this dude was stressed yo and so I, I think that like although that it does affect a small portion of the population like pushing it onto everybody is like this this thing that's um, like it, anyone can choose their gender and stuff like no like there there is a gender that you know you prescribed and that you you follow I've never felt pushed to be gay um, I, I, I don't feel like there's an, a huge um, abrasive effort to push straight people or confuse straight people. Uh, I, would, I would agree more with Kieran on that. They're just trying to not be discriminated against in workplaces and get their rights and stuff like that. But like, I have never been like, let's let astray as maybe some um, very fearful Christians might have you uh, kind of run for the hills from the gays because you're going to turn your kids gay. It's just, I don't yeah, yeah. feel like that narrative is, is really based in reality. I, I mean, like seeing it in, in this kid and then... Um, uh, confusion like that, is real, that, really, but yeah, I don't think yeah, gay... Confusion is real, so... I don't yeah. think there's a correlation um, there. I don't know, like when you're, when you're, when you're reintroducing like, or, or not reintroducing, but introducing like gender unicorns and stuff into, into schools and being like, um, a person is this, but they're also this. They feel like this. And what what I'm seeing it as, I'm seeing it as a confusion. And this could be a mental thing. Um, well, it clearly is a mental thing, but like a confusion in empathy uh, because men have to know to relate to women and women have to know to relate to men. And, and so I, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty aware of it in myself, but there's definitely an aspect in yourself that allows you to empathize really strongly with your opposite sex. Um, by knowing what would make them happy, um, what what would turn them on, um, what they would appreciate. Uh, and what I think is in people that um, are confused or um, associate as being trans or gay and stuff, they potentially have that misinterpreted. 
have that ability to function uh, in, in relation with the opposite sex misinterpreted as themselves. Um, and so that's, and that's one thing that I think might be a problem in all of this that we're not really acknowledging because that's just new, talking about that's that. just new knowledge. That's just different people with different orientations. And it's just when you are exposed to new knowledge or different people, there is always going to be a sense of, okay, well, now I can think about it. Now I am I'm yeah, exposed yeah, yeah. to it. It brings okay. more complicated aspects to the table, but it's not inherently a bad thing, nor would I even argue it's a, a method of even convincing. It's just simply knowledge and, and differences in people. And I think, I don't think it's as if, you know, people are being convinced to be gay by gay people. May I interject? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, well, I mean, you're saying that it's... Oh, a, a big thing people say is that uh, being gay or being trans is confusion. But I mean, as I said earlier, there's literal brain scans showing an actual visual difference in, in the brains between people who are cis and are trans. I mean, if they're confused, their entire body is confused because their brains develop that way uh, because of what sort well, of that, hormone that they're soaking in. <laughs> makes sense that they're if they're oh, I, I agree with you I'm not convinced that you could um, influence a child to try to become the opposite gender against their own will like would do you think you could do that like the thing about the gender unicorn and and having that in schools yes I see I see the the gripe people have with sort of causing everyone to decide because for most people it's a non-decision they don't have to think about it they just like I never had to think about my maleness it never mattered to me um, I like to think this may totally not be true but I like to think that I would be doing exactly the same things that I'm doing with my life if I was female I'd probably wear the same clothes um, and so I never had to decide like I never had to think about it that much but you know, for some people, whenever they're growing up with whatever psychological, you know, mindset, whatever it is, you know, equally valid to mine, um, they they do need to think about it, and they are not sure how to define themselves. And you know, maybe they need something like that gender unicorn to be like, okay, well, you know, maybe I'm here, maybe I'm there. Exactly, and like for these people, if you never introduce the idea, then they're just going to be lost and confused for most of their life. Introducing this as a concept to people who need it is incredibly important, especially on a just a personal and a biological level, because the earlier it's introduced, if a child trans when they're 10 or 11, that's much more ideal than realizing when they're 20, because secondary sex characteristics haven't set in yet, which means that they can have much more control over their own body and what they look like if this, introdu this subject is introduced early and helps them realize what they are. No one made from their actual gender by this. Like, like uh, Liam was saying, if you're cis, you're never gonna think about it. It's, it's not gonna come up. It, you just know. But people who aren't need uh, an indication early on, ideally, that it's a thing that they are. Because otherwise you just feel lost and confused for a very long time and gender dysphoria start to play a huge role starts to play a huge role, which is an actual psychological problem, uh, one that leads to such issues as anxiety and depression. It, mm -hmm. I think it's just easier for everyone involved, even if you don't think that they should be allowed to do that. I mean, 
by letting someone transition, even if they're transitioning young, you're saving them from the potential of a lot of really, really unpleasant mental illnesses, just in that sense. And a more defined idea of what their role in society will be. It becomes more of like a, like a, not even a socially acceptable thing, but more of like a, a, a cool in thing uh, to become this thing. Like I, I met this woman who's, who's like, who's like 18 to 17 year old son uh, wants to get placement um, therapy because thinks he's trans or something like that. And his girlfriend is completely supportive. And it's just like, you know, like the decisions that you make as a kid, um, how many of them, I mean, you obviously made decisions that were good, but like how many of them were absolutely stupid? But when you're talking about but the, conversion like, therapy, therapy, we know is really doesn't know. Holy, you know, like you don't know. Trust me, that's you stupid. know, speaking from actual personal experience, as well as experience of friends and a community I interact with on a daily basis, these people know the number of people who go back on hormone replacement therapy who stop because they think oh no i was wrong is so minimal it doesn't even have a statistical importance and conversion therapy uh has has really high rates of suicide if i'm not mistaken and the consequences of attempting something like that when it's something that you can't really just change by some priest telling you that oh god doesn't think that's okay so you need to change and then you go through these therapies it's been proven factually that this is wholly ineffective and has led to uh, suicide or depression or people just uh, running away from that situation and, and going back to where they were before and it's, i think it's ar- arguably not even possible for that to work i can de- i can definitely see what thomas is saying though about the the fact that you know just just the the fact that we're out about it like it's out in the open and people are talking about these things on a grand scale you know probably can influence some people to make decisions they might regret but but we only have buckshot like we only have a shotgun where we're just we can hit everything or we can hit nothing so is it better to you know have some people be able to make a decision and then go back on it or is it or do you want a bunch of people committing suicide because they can't they, they have no way to recognize themselves. Like I just still don't really buy it, though. I still am not convinced of this idea because even on a personal level growing up, it's like I was exposed to the gay community and that, yes, there are people who exist who are sexually attractive or attracted to people of the same sex. And, and that's just, just a fact that I learned growing up. But at, at no point did I decide you know what, because I know that that exists, I am now going to think about being attracted to penises. Like I've never in my life just jumped ship and changed my sexual orientation or had any doubts and just decided because I have that information that all of a sudden I'm going to be influenced or convinced to be the same. Could I just say that the the argument that exposing people to like, Exposing children to the idea that gay and trans people exist in the world would make them uh, be like that if they aren't naturally. You could, I mean, it's so easy to point out the fact that gay and trans children have been literally surrounded by a, a straight and cis society, and at no point does that make them straight or cis. It, it, if it doesn't work one way, I doubt it works either. <laughs> 
Also, I think an, an underlying assumption that, I mean, I just just full transparency, I used to be super religious. My family is super religious. So, you know, I'm totally exposed to the ideas that Thomas is expressing. One of the core ones. Um, oh, sorry, Thomas, I really did mean to bracket you in like That's that. Cool. Um, but uh, there's there's a fundamental idea that being straight and having children with your wife is the way to be the most happy it is possible to be in this world and any anything else is going to result in deeply unhappy miserable uh people um so so and and one reason why i wish i guess i knew more trans people to interview for this kind of thing is you know in the circles of trans people who came out or who transitioned what is the likelihood that they go through that and they are more unhappy than before they transitioned? And I don't, I've, I've personally only met a, a couple trans people, but it's, it's almost always positive. It's, it's better than how they were feeling before. And the lowest point in their life was always before they decided to go through with it. So, you know, maybe for these people, the picket fence and the, the wife and the kids just isn't a possibility, but the alternative is, is, more miserable than if they were to pantomime that life. I don't know what you guys think about it that. It sounds perfectly fine to me. You you hit a nail on the head there. We've all heard about in the closet these depressed middle-aged men with kids and it's just a nightmare. Could it could it be that they're not they're just not approaching, you know, the situation with uh and the gravitas required like well when you when you're talking about the brain scans as a proof that there is like that things more common and females light up in males or males and females um think about stress think about anxiety um anxiety actually does change the way your brain looks and functions so could not the belief be that you thinking that you're um you're a woman or a male like increase those those traits of showing up in in your brain scans like well, I, I use very, the brain scans because they're the the easiest to illustrate my point but there's been numerous other biological proofs found there's genetic people know there's a genetic connection it's a one in three identical twins if one identified as trans so did the other not to mention the cyp17 gene uh if they were separated sorry if the twins were separated yeah even if they were separated Hmm. um the there's a gene the cyp17 gene is linked to a female to male transsexuality where the uh Female to male individuals who have the variant genotype, they have the allele distribution pattern of a man. They don't have the female distribution pattern. This gene is put together like a man's gene. And to even another example is um, trans women have a a hormone receptor. It's it's not short enough. It's too long, which means that the amount of testosterone entering their bodies, because women actually have testosterone, they naturally produce testosterone, but not at the... Uh, nearly at the amount men do. Of course, and that and that makes sense, and that kind of goes back to my um, the the issue that I was talking about about uh, relating this to to colorblind. You know, like just because some people are colorblind, like we don't need to name change the names of the colors for everyone else. Uh, it's just like simply like there's man, woman, and then and then people that you know have these genetic defects, and it's not even like a bad thing to call it a defect. It's a fucking defect. Like it um that's. If it's not negatively impacting their life or negatively impacting your life, why not? You can't call it a defect unless it yeah. is a medical ailment that's preventing you from procreation or surviving. 
Well, yeah, well like, let's, let's say, for example, like I'm, I'm technically handicapped because my vision isn't good. I require bifocals. Some people's visual, some people's sexual. Um, and so to that argument, your glasses are fixing the problem. Uh, hormone replacement therapy transitioning is fixing the problem for those who have a genetic mistake, if you insist on referring to it as such. Uh, yeah, well, that's, but that comes back to the thing that I said like at the very beginning of this conversation that just because you have these hormone replacement therapies will not make you that. Well, as much as you can do it, it won't make you that. So that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's a lost cause. Technically, it will make you half that. Hormone replacement therapies affect the secondary sex characteristics. Secondary sex characteristics, if you don't know, are what you develop during puberty. So in men, it's the deep voice and body hair. And in women, it's cellulite and breasts. But taking the hormone of the desired gender will very sex characteristics. It will, on a level, biologically change you. But not fully. More so closer not to it. Not fully, but pretty damn close. Who's to decide when this entire thing that you're talking about is an independent idea? That this whole thing that we're debating is based on one's own personal perspective and not something that, that is unanimously true. Like so you're talking about 50, 50 something genders, like come on. Exactly, okay, but it's, it's, it's not about the genders. It's about the persecution of anything that isn't straight. Mm. But that's why, that's why like, I, I find issue with this, this, this whole, this ideas, this culture too, because um, it's just talking about being proud of something, right? Like if you are who you are, you can't be proud. The, the, but pride, pride, pride in itself comes before the fall. Uh, that's that's like a, a biblical interpretation. But that's also in life. If people are prideful and, and braggarts and, and and boastful, um, like there there's a great clip of like a, a soccer team uh, celebrating on the sidelines after they just scored a goal, and they weren't paying attention to the fact that the game had started, and then the other team goes and scores a goal. Like that's that's what <laughs> yeah that's what pride looks like, you know. And so I think that we haven't, we haven't yet landed on the negatives of, of promoting a prideful society yet. Could I add as someone who's a part of this community that the part of it that straight people see is almost entirely the pride parades and the pride week and festivals. But a lot of it is just looking for companionship with people who have similar experiences as you. Like, and I don't even mean romantic companionship. I mean, you just want to hang out with someone who's not going to say anything like nasty to you or who has the same otherwise rare experiences as you when it comes to childhood or their identity. It's yeah. about having friends who hey. are like you. Hey, and that's I, I love that. Like, I love that. I think if you have common interests and, and, and experiences and views on the world, do that. That's cool. Like I'm, I'm all for community. It's just when it, when it becomes to, to be like, um, if, if you're straight or, or if you, if you hold traditional values opposed to change, just because somebody else does something differently, um, or, or to change your viewpoints to, to, you know, like, it, it's just weird. Like I, I, I just don't, don't agree with the fact that like other people have to have to, say that something's okay if they don't agree with it. Well, basically what, what you're saying here is that 
gay people have to be all right with you saying that it, it well, have to be all right with what you're saying, but then they're not allowed to say similar stuff about you. They're not allowed to celebrate who they are. They're not allowed to make jokes about straight people. And that's all straight people ever seem to do to the queer community. No, I'm saying you guys can make jokes and stuff, but we're allowed to make jokes too. Like, Your jokes actively harm, let's oh say. Oh my God, though. But like, come on, man. Like, who, who's to say which harms and what, what doesn't harm? Like, if someone's emotions the are hurt. being harmed would be the one to say. The one who experiences. Yeah, okay, that's, that's cool. But we're talking about a mental and emotional feeling versus physical harm. A joke is not a physical harming thing, and it does not... One, one hurt your one third of trans women die before they hit the age of 30. I'd say that's pretty like violent. But People that's also a mental, hurt. that's why it's a mental abuse thing and they die by suicide. It's not, it's not like they die by hate crimes. There's an overwhelming amount of hate crimes committed against trans women, especially I'm not, trans women. I'm not supporting hate crimes. I'm not supporting hate crimes. I'm saying that like, you're saying that it's okay to joke about straight people. I'm saying it's okay to, to make jokes about gay people. That's just, that's what genders do. And I think everyone should be able to joke about everybody, but there's also the aspect of just the fact that, you know, a lot of these people who are isolated and, um, you know, not, they're not sure who they are and they're, they're probably young. Um, they're already on the edge just because of all those other factors. So, you know, the, the jokes and the, the gawking and the, and that kind of thing, maybe what it takes to push them over the edge so i'm not saying it's not okay to joke about things i'm just saying like it might be a good idea to have some sensitivity towards the kind of people you're joking um, about but it's it's like that it's sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me like we it's a it's a that's a form of growing up have you ever wanted that, to kill yourself um sure i mean like if you're if you're in a stressful situation and things aren't going your way and you feel ostracized and and left out you feel like shit like i'm a worthless piece of shit and wouldn't this all be easier if i wasn't here yeah and, and if somebody else is actively making that. your life shitty and and making your life shitty and the thing is though it's at the end of the day it's a choice that you make it's, it's a not. choice that you make yeah whoa, 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 whoa. it is absolutely a choice that you make in how you interpret that bullshit because it's just bullshit it's people giving you a hard time at the end of the day, if anyone's insulting me or you, it's people giving you a hard time. And you can say, I'm going to take this personally. I'm going to say that acceptance from the group is more important than me being happy as an individual. But maybe we should I, go. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that this is, this is not an important thing. It's just this is a choice that you do make. To say that it's not a choice is, is to say, like, I don't make a choice to get out of my bed in the morning. It's but a okay, choice. Let's just say... Let's just say, okay, so it's a choice, right? If you, if let's say you take your own life, that is your own choice. But how free is it when any other option is worse than death? So let's, and, and I'm not saying the average snowflake who you made one joke about and they freak out and oh, you're getting sued billions of dollars. It's, there are definitely instances where you're, maybe you grow up in a rural area that is, is let's say heavily uh, Christian or it's heavily Muslim dominated, okay? And, and your family, ev all of your loved ones, everyone you grew up with, everyone you respected, everyone who's close to you, even your friends, 
that if they found out who you really were and that you were attracted to men, they would beat you and make fun of you and disrespect mm -hmm. you for, for decades. Yeah. Now, we can say that you killing yourself is your choice, but we have to acknowledge how severe this can actually be, especially to people who are marginalized in isolated instances. So what, what was the statement? The, the statement was, you, ha you have a choice whether or not to kill yourself. Yes, that's true. But if you're, if you're 17 years old or 20 or something, and you know, you're just, I don't know if everyone's been in this mental state before, but if you just go through life thinking you're a big piece of shit and that the world would be better off without you, all it takes sometimes is somebody else affirming that. So, so anyway, trans people and you know, queer people, they're this, they're, it's, they're not always going to be like this, but they're just more likely to have a lot of these insecurities and, and negative self-images that would cause them to make a decision that is some, a decision that somebody else who didn't have these problems, completely external to them, would make. So, so I love jokes. You know, Pepe is awesome. Let's, let's never shut down 4chan. Just know that you know, that one joke that you made, it, it could cause somebody else to do something that you never wish they would do. Yeah, you don't, and, like, you don't want level. someone to die. You don't want someone to die. No, hell no. Um, but I'm saying that... So just know it, what you're dealing with if you're making jokes. That's all I'm saying. Th that's the thing, though. It's like, it's like, my God, like that. But that, if you can't express yourself, then... You can. You just have the option to choose what you say to who. Um... And you might choose differently depending on how you think this person is going to take your job. Do we need? Do we really need the ability to express us? Do we really need to be able to call this dude a faggot here and there? Like, how important is it for us to be able to just call random gay people who are already getting bullied uh, queers and faggots and just make fun of them? Like, is that really something? Life. I just I'm not very sympathetic towards people who just have a huge issue with maybe seeing real world consequences to acting that way. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, like making fun of a person is, is what I'm protecting. I'm saying that, um, and there's been smarter people than me say it, that if you limit a person's ability to express themselves verbally, then you're pushing their beliefs underground. You're going to create people that, you know, held resentment to, to, to that sort of, uh, when it comes to using these, these, uh, you know, words that aren't, or, to an extent are socially acceptable. I mean, if I hear like a, a coworker or someone I don't know too well, or someone I know who's straight and knows absolutely nothing about the community say like the word tranny, I'm not gonna be entirely happy with them. On the other hand, I know someone who has a full understanding of the weight of the word and the history behind it and also knows how I feel about it and understands how to make a joke or to use it without being offensive because he understands what he's saying. But so many people throw these words around without understanding at all the history or the, like the word faggot, for example, is a really common one, but the history, the origins of the word are incredibly violent and, and it's a little, I mean, it's, it's like the same as white people saying the N-word. Like, they used it to hurt and oppress people for centuries. Uh, the oh, word well, faggot comes from the fact that uh, faggot is uh, actually originally referred to a bundle of sticks. And faggots sticks, are yeah. called, 
Yeah, gay yeah. people are called faggots because of the original witch burnings back in, uh, you know, medieval England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they weren't deemed worthy enough to be put up on the, the cross with, like the witch. They were thrown at the bottom of the fire like kindling. That's why they're called mm. faggots. It's not a nice word and it doesn't have a yeah. lovely origin there. And to have people who have no idea of its history or what? how it's today use it is, it can be, it's not used in a friendly way and they know that it's used in a, no matter what, you're gonna feel like it's used violently. It's, when it's used by someone who doesn't understand it, it feels violent. And that's but because- feelings are not important. Like- They know, are, feelings because that's are what drives important. people to do Feelings so. are important, but they're not important enough to create a law around protecting someone's feelings. Because people's feelings are hurt all the time by benign things that you don't make a law for. This isn't benign and it's not hurting one pe person's feeling, it's hurting a very specific group who have been targeted for a very long time. This isn't just like calling someone an idiot, you're walking down the street. This is calling someone a faggot who's been called that their entire life and made to feel shitty mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, I've been, I've been called a fag before too. That doesn't feel good, you know? And Yeah, and but you take it as an insult because to be gay is a, a oh shit. Uh, to be gay is a bad thing. Of but course. For and, these that's, people... and that's what it boils down to, though, is that um, for a straight person, being gay is bad. Um, and and the, the weird thing is, though, it's like a difference. Uh, reconciling like the fact to be tolerant of people who, you know, choose not to, to, to be their, their gender or sex or whatever, um, and to be this other thing, but then also like... In for straight people, and if you can't express that as negative for you, then it's just like you're you're a horrible person and you're not tolerant. And that's the thing that I have an issue with. I think people have every right to dislike the the groups who would try to oppress them, to be honest. Because I mean, right now, if we were to have a, a referendum on gay marriage, if I knew someone was to vote against it, I would be under no obligation, nor would I want to remain close to them they would be actively looking to hurt me. But that's not that's, looking to hurt you. That's, that's looking to hurt your belief system, which is two different things. Hurting you physically as a person and hurting your emotions are two different things. And the, the emotions part doesn't, isn't, there's no, that's not- It's hurting your legal rights. And that's, that's for the referendum to decide, you know? Um, like when they, when they removed homosexuality from the mental uh, disorder category, there were like, it was like 5,800 for removing it. So there's still a large chunk of people that don't view it the way that, that you view it, those 5,000 did. And I think that's always going to be the case. And there needs to be a way. And um, obviously, be able to hold their beliefs. Um, Hold your beliefs that, and, 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 and not have violence and, and all that stuff. Don't try to, to change the laws and, and the, like this C-16 thing, that will protect me if I am ever the victim of a hate crime. Without it, my chances of getting justice would be significantly smaller. These aren't looking to hurt the cis or straight but these, communities. These are looking but these are, to end the- These are laws though. These are yeah. laws for terms that don't even have clear definitions. You I don't make laws on terms that don't have definitions. Like even in the bill, apparently it like contradicts itself um, with the language that it uses. So, uh, I mean, like it's, 
it's I mean it's really reaching for this popular thing that's going on, and it's just it's just not necessary. Yeah. So that it's here's this basic summary: is this enactment amends the Canadian Human Rights Act to add gender identity and gender expression to the list of prohibited grounds of discrimination. Do you mind if I just recap what we've talked about so far and we can figure out where we're going to go from here? Okay, so, so far we, we opened with sort of discussing the definitions of gender, sex, and their relationship and, you know, whether or not we all think that there is a, a validity of in-between genders or, you know, people who would, would like to be male to female or female to male. Uh, I think we encountered some some disagreement there, even about the terms. And then we moved on to, uh, I guess, yeah, like specific sex differences and how, how things can go differently. People's brains can be different. People's uh, chromosomes can be different. Um, and then and then we moved on to social issues and how there's a free speech issue there where um, jokes should always be legal because, you know, the idea that words can't actively harm anybody and, and it should never be illegal to to say something to somebody that isn't outright um, slander that would cause them to you know be put in jail or something because you lied about them um, and we have disagreements there as well I'm personally on the side that even though I don't think that it's okay for somebody to single out a gay person or a trans or any kind of queer person and like insult them like I would never do that I think that it's a bad idea to start legislating against it because um, it's just very hazy ground. And that brings us to C-16. And so C-16, uh, for those who don't know, this is a Canadian bill. Uh, if, if, you're, if you've watched any of Jordan B. Peterson's videos, he's very, very vocal about C-16, and I recommend checking out his stuff. His uh, so, so essentially what... Recapping what Joaquin was saying, C-16 adds to the list of um, groups of people that you cannot discriminate against under Canadian law, um, gender identity. So so you can't discriminate against somebody with your hiring or firing uh, based on pregnancy, sex, race, um, etc. And now we've added to that, or we will add shortly, gender identity. So you can't not hire somebody because they're trans or because they have a... Uh, you know, non-binary gender identity. And the problem a lot of people have with that, including Jordan B. Peterson and sounds like Thomas and myself to some extent, is just that I can't fake being pregnant and I can't fake being black or Asian or any other ethnicity. I can, however, arbitrarily decide my own gender if I'm that kind of person. I'm, I know that most people don't do that, so don't get me wrong here. Most people are being completely honest um, whenever they identify as a different gender. But the, the sort of scary part about C-16 for a lot of people was just that you could be criminally tried for hate crimes and discrimination based on something that somebody else could claim rather arbitrarily. I mean, there, I'll admit there are gray areas. There is a possibility for gray areas, but... There isn't a, a lot of bills and laws. And from my perspective, a bill that will help a lot of people and negatively impact a couple, I'll take the bill. I mean. So what does the bill allow you to do 
say I'm a trans person um, who is being discriminated against that you couldn't do based on the previous um, the previous anti-discrimination clauses? Um, I actually am not super familiar with the previous clauses. I just know that it can now be. It's, I mean, it's basically more of an amendment. We already had those things for race and religion, and then they just added uh, gender identity. They they just tossed that one in there. Yeah. Um, so again, for me, it's like it's not like a huge change in the system. It's, I don't think it's some huge legal paradigm shift. Um, but do old laws maybe need to get revisited if they're vague? Yeah, sure, I would agree with that. And I think I would encourage everyone uh, to research the bill, uh, to research Canadian law um, and our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and maybe think for themselves, um, is this a huge paradigm shift, this, this new amendment? No, I don't think it's a huge shift. Um, it's the, the, the law itself hasn't really changed here. It's the same law with an added, uh, an added clause that just includes another group. Yeah. So and something that was pre-existing. Uh, this bill, I'd say, thinking about it, has as many loopholes as any of the other ones. Like, it's not you can't discriminate blacks against black people. It's you can't discriminate based on race. And I know there have been court cases in the U.S. at least where white people have sued because they claim they've been discriminated against. Technically, I mean, technically a cis person could take advantage of this bill if you wanted, if they wanted. And I mean, it's, from where I stand, it's got no more loopholes than any of the others. I'm curious, um, so with the combination of just the ambiguity of the number of genders that we could come up with because, you know, with the idea of a gender spectrum, there comes this idea of an infinite number of genders that you can be just anywhere in between. Many people kind of fear, and I'm curious about how you react to that, just just the idea of somebody being able to flip their gender or, or, or modify their gender in a way that somebody else might not respect or understand and then they could have that turned around on them and actually be prosecuted because of this thing that a person, the prosecutor, was able to ambiguously decide almost on a whim if they wanted to. Now, this doesn't describe everybody, but, you know, if, if you're wanting to take advantage of the system, I'm sure there's some people who would just claim that. There are always people who want to take advantage of any system, and I can guarantee, I mean... Talk about frivolous lawsuits. Those are people trying to take advantage of a system. I mean, the number of actually like non-binary or trans individuals who hold a grudge because you don't immediately know their pronouns or how they identify are is absolutely minimal. I can't say I've ever met someone who does, and I don't hold a grudge against people who don't know that much because I know that I, the only reason I have this much knowledge on the subject is because I have to. I know cis people don't. And so I don't know any trans or non-binary individuals who hold it against cis people when they oh, mess up at the beginning. I've definitely met those. I Online or in real life? In real life. Okay. Yeah. And like like there was this one, it was it was some Trump protest and, and I went to it just because I was like, I was curious. And, well, that's um, your first problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that was, oh man, that was an amazing experience. But that's the thing, like, that's where I the like radicals to, would go, though. That's where all I, the left I, radicals would go. But hold on, go, though. Hold on, though. It's, it's a belief pattern. 
Um, so I was like, I'm, I, I like Trump, like, uh, at least, you know, I had more of an opinion on then when more, uh, more relevant information was available, but, and I was interested more, but, um, yeah, so I go to this protest, people are holding up signs that are like, you know, the signs are pretty negative. And I was like, I was asking them why they would decide to hold up, you know, negative signs when we're supposed to be about like peace and love and unity and all that stuff. And I, I asked, there was this one girl who's not a fan of me and I was like, to her friend i'm like your friend doesn't seem to like me uh, she doesn't seem to like me and then the friend judged and was like don't misgender me i'm a guy and it's just like no uh, I, I mean like you're not you don't have girls who identifies as guys like fighting guys in ufc you know like it's so not it sounded like she he, he just rudely corrected you on something yeah but that doesn't she, seem like the end of the world yeah to me no 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 but i mean like but what i'm saying is just like some people do hold grudges against you for misgendering or even holding a belief um that well, you know you prefer to be straight and like marriage and all that sort of stuff well once again you can't really blame someone for not liking you when their your belief pattern is negative towards them they don't have to like you and and i don't have to like them but apparently i have to in, in order to be fully tolerant, you know, like I can't disagree. Like, the moment you disagree, you're, you're, you're a horrible person. And it's just like, I disagree with lots of people, but I still like them, you know, and I still have friends that I disagree with on various topics. And, and that's a, a nice thing that a lot of people have, but I don't have that liberty. If I know someone was voting against a bill that would protect me, can I really consider them a friend? That's the thing. If they if they hold opinions that are that are different from yours, it won't really negatively affect you. But when people hold opinions and then turn those opinions into legislature and laws that negatively affect you, that's big. Like well, I, I think yeah, I think this is something that like even myself in having these discussions and I enjoy speaking about it because it it like I'm shaping my own perspectives of it and opinions on it. And interesting to study myself engaged in these sorts of discussions and, and trying to figure out what right from wrong or, or, or how to view something. And so like even even now thinking like um, like yeah, you you're you're kind of sexually ambiguous, but are you a guy or a girl? I'm very curious, sorry. Hmm? Yourself. Am I a guy? Are you yeah. By your definition or mine? <laughs> uh, anatomically. I was born with two X chromosomes and female sex characteristics. Okay, so you're born a girl then? Yes. You're associating with a guy. But you're saying you're a guy? As I've been You're saying and you're saying Sorry? you're a guy. Yes, considering as I've already pointed out, I have the male allele pattern for the uh, CYP17 gene and I have the male brain. And now secondary sex characteristics, thanks to hormone re uh, replacement therapy. Okay, so at this point, the only part of me that could be traditionally biologically considered female is the XX chromosomes and the primary sex characteristics. So the fact that you can on get more pregnant. levels, I'm male than I am female. Yeah, but that and that's the thing. Like even like the reason why I had to ask that, and I absolutely mean no offense, um, or, yeah. or in trying to insult you as a person. Like the reason why I had to ask that is is what came to mind in in how i'm addressing you 
because and and for some reason there and and they've proven this socially too that a person upon meeting a new person has to identify if they're straight or gay or not and and that's just something that you do to build a rapport with a person and 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 knowing that that you're you're female and trying to change male like it does change things you know it it changes things because you can't like i could never joke with you about morning wood like i could never i can't i could never joke with you about morning wood because you do not know what it's like and i'm not like and it's not saying like you're not in the club but you're not in the club you know mm -hmm. like th there are things <laughs> there are things that you cannot <laughs> experience as a man um that that all the hormone replacement and all the mental maps and all this stuff you're not a guy and it's just like saying that you you're a guy is not correct it's just not because you can't you can't find camaraderie in just those simple things so what would you do in his situation i'm curious thomas so you know let's say you're born and you you know you grow up and for whatever reason as you're growing up you just you know you you have a different mindset than what God gave you, if you want to say it that way. It really is kind of a question of empathy and compassion here. It's like, can you really put yourself in somebody else's shoes? Because sure, you can point out that because of the limitations of science and, and technology and biology or whatever, it, it, maybe the picture will never be complete, just like I will never be able to tan in the sun because my genes don't allow me to tan. Is that really a helpful thing you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, get, no, I, guess... I, I, I get what you're saying. I absolutely get what you're saying. And it's actually helping me clarify because, yeah, and that's the thing that Jordan Peterson was saying. Like, like if a male is a male and a female is a female and those are defined, I'm not going to call something that isn't that that because I just know deep down I'm lying to myself because I'm I'm sorry, whatever you what, what you believe you are in totality which is why a word is defined as such to begin with it it's not so black and white as as i said people aren't as i mean not only is gender not binary to an extent sex isn't even binary well let's Between, let's use your language though let's use your language okay. you're saying there's primary sexual qualities and there's secondary parents. sexual qualities for sector sexual characteristics so in using your language what i'm saying a man and a female is is one who has both there that is my definition of a man and a woman is one that has both primary and secondary sexual characteristics then what the, that is what makes a true man and a true woman then what does that make me someone who has secondary sex characteristics of a man and primary that and makes you not a true uh that makes you not a true man then wouldn't that be an indication of uh that gender isn't binary i mean no I, it it's it's just saying that you're not you're not a guy like it's like like you're either a man or a woman or you're you're in this other category. So you yes. just said other category. That that is counter to binary. Yeah, that, that would be the entire point of this little debate here. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's like I like you're you're a girl, except you're just not ex accepting the characteristics that like a girl is. But once again, whether you can explain it or not, like whether anyone has any answers for you or me or anybody, you know the way you think just isn't like do you accept the idea that somebody can you know think in an alignment different than what god gave them with their body like because this is something 90 percent of people do not 
have to think about this at all because it's just all in alignment. So it's quite difficult to empathize and put your, you know, imagine that you're in this other state. Just like I can't imagine what it would be like to be a woman. I, you know, it's it's a limitation of my cognition. I've never been a woman. I I don't have I just don't have that capacity. So so to, so yes, the the accusation that somebody who is you know, trans and taking on a different role than what God gave them is not really you know, they're not really a man or they're not really a woman unless they have the sex parts. Um, to me, that's kind of a a failure of, of just the the ability to imagine a mental space that you can't no, occupy. It's not, it's not about empathy, though. Like, you're literally manifesting something that just isn't there. Like, it's, it's unreality. It, it like, is there. You, it's in your head. It's in your brain. It's as there as anything can physically be. But but the thing is, like, it's a total it's a total thing. Like, it's the primary and the secondary thing that makes a man a man. And so it's yeah. like I can't I can't bro out with you because it's just like you just don't know. And also, there exist big hairy penis having men who you know like to wear pink lace and would not be able to empathize with you about catcalling and chasing girls around. So you know, calling that person one of the guys by your definition of, of just primary and secondary sex characteristics also doesn't, doesn't really work. So getting away from the physicality and the biology of it, uh, we're not saying that, you know, this person was physically born a female. And I, I don't think anyone's pretending that now she is physically and biologically male when she wants to make the transition. We're talking about a but gender you cannot switch. you cannot trend you cannot trend you cannot gender swap like that's what <laughs> i'm saying as a like social you're, you're, construct you're, why not as a social construct you can body based thing no like you you cannot like you say um, biology it's, like, it's a completely different world biology okay biologically no well with some exception mm -hmm. you can make some changes overall is no. pretty important though right there, you cannot you cannot separate sex from gender because they they are one and the same like just like the fact that you even define things as primary and secondary um that is attached it's it's by default you know it's like we are it's the shell that you're put into um, right the and, shell and, you're put into and the shell you're put into is, is 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 like it's 97 percent. you know like it's like i said before it's not arbitrary that sex is defined by biological because it applies to 97% of the population. And so that's what I'm saying, like the color thing with some people are colorblind, other people aren't, but we're not changing things to fit, to fit the colorblind's view of the world. It's like, no, things are what they are and some people just don't see it that way. And, they, and you simply just don't see it that way. They and, are what they are. I agree with that. You either are born a man or you are born a female. Or yeah. are you, you might even be born a little bit of both and you're intersex. You are what you are when you're born. I'm not trying to argue with you at that. Okay, cool. On a mental level, what I'm saying is you can change your reality and maybe go towards one different sort of gender. And again, we got to get back yeah, to gender. Yeah. And right? that's the and thing. I, the I, you can change your reality. You can absolutely change your reality. But I think, and that's the thing that that professor was saying about it's like, I'm not altering reality just so it makes you comfortable and just so your reality is more is more acceptable you know like if, if you're you're literally claiming unreality just because you decide to make it up it's i'm not gonna go along with it uh i'd argue that the whole brain aspect of it is closer to the gender because this is i mean it's in your head it's where people 
think. It's why you are what you are. I'd say that what you are in your head, what the brain scans or the uh, allele patterns are everything I've mentioned so far, that's what your gender is. What your sex is, is the primary and secondary sex characteristics that you develop. That's by your own definition. Gender is what your brain is telling you you are. Okay, well maybe it's a miscommunication then, and, 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 and if it's wrong to say, it's, if it shouldn't be wrong to say that it is a miscommunication, um, because like clearly these tendencies do exist. I'm not saying that, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a fabrication that um, men think they're women and women think they're men. Um, I'm not saying that that doesn't exist and that you don't exist either for wanting to do the, or doing the therapies and stuff and, and trying to make yourself more of a man. But I'm saying it's just like, it, there's nothing wrong in saying that it's a disorder or that there's, there's a malfunction. Like, it's just like special needs people, you know, like you call them special <laughs> needs people because they have special needs. They are born okay. with certain attributes that are different and not, they don't, they don't function as, as there, there is a line. Like there is a line of like, you want a healthy child. You know, you want a child that, that has four, four limbs and eyes and good lungs and a good heart. You want last, that, you know? And then there's, there's defects that, that don't I, meet that. I have no defects in that sense. Nothing about my gender or sex negatively impacts the way, negatively impacts my intelligence or my physical capabilities. Well, it does when you, you, can, you can't, like, you mean you can get pregnant, but you're going to be choosing not to, you know? Well, you're, you you're a girl, correct? Like, like you, can get, you can get pregnant, right? I'm capable of getting You're capable pregnant, of getting yeah. pregnant, which no man is. So what I'm saying is like it technically your role is to be a woman and you're choosing not to do that role. And so that's going to negatively impact you because I, when, I when, because when, meni when menopause yeah. hits, when menopause hits, you're going to be feeling possibly different about this entire conversation. Menopause won't hit because of the hormones in my body. Who knows how that'll negatively affect you? You're like you're 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 literally messing with your own biology. It's quite safe. There's okay. studies. But but what and I'm saying is that that you're you're serving a different function or you're choosing to do a different thing than this function that you were created to serve. I'm just curious what your thesis is here. So let's say that I'm a male to female trans person, um, and and you're saying that you know I will never be. A real woman because I can't bear children because I wasn't given the proper equipment. Um, Does that make sure all that, women uh, then not women technically? That that might be true, but is that relevant to the rest of my psyche and just how I want to live my life? Absolutely, everything everything is relevant because I mean, like, I can I cannot um, uh, like face uh, certain threats to my physical well being. Um, if I am a man versus if I'm a, a woman, you know, uh, strength capabilities, ability to defend myself. Um, these are, these are biological things that absolutely define how you make choices in your life. Do I go down that dark alley or do I take the main street that's more heavily populated? That is absolutely defined by biology. If, if I were to go down that path and just say, okay, this is my biological sex and this is what I'm going to go with despite all of my internal struggles. That would make me very unhappy, I think. I would be in a persistent, very unhappy state. Uh, my, my will to live could evaporate. <laughs> so 
So we have to make the best of a bad situation or, you know, equally good situation, depending on how I see myself uh, and just live in the way that I choose to live. Yeah. And that's, and and that's your choice. Yeah. And it's except like the thing is like, do I have to go along with saying that you are in fact, well, you don't, you don't have to go along with anything. You do not have to call me a she if I'm a trans woman. But it still might be a jerk move to do that. And you might decide against it because you respect me as a human being. It's, it's, but, it, but at the end of the day, it's like, like if you call out a friend for lying, you know, if a friend lies and you're just like, you call your friend out online because they lied. They, they, you know, they, they didn't tell the truth. And it's like, if, if biologically speaking, you're a girl, you're a girl, man. Like, like I'm, that's just, that's just my viewpoint speaking. on it. Yeah, because it, it does, it does change. Um, it, it absolutely changes how I'm going to interact with you. And um, it absolutely changes how, like how any inter, any further interaction could go with you, you know, just based on needs and wants. Well, um, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound um, uh, accusing or, or nasty in any way, but uh, if, if you ask me, your, your views on men and women's roles in society is a little um, old fashioned, let's say. And there's a great deal of people who do not think that way. Well, I, not, not many a great deal, because, I mean, it's actually proven across uh, spectrums of culture, um, not spectrums, but like more like different societies that don't really interact, um, that male and female relationships, um, predominantly they found that the average age difference um, in all cultures is about four years. And that's, that's the most... Once again, that's the is-ought argument. It, it might be that way, but should it ought to be no, that no. way? And that's no. the thing, though. Like, you can choose not to live, you know? You can choose to die. You can choose to do drugs. You can choose uh, to do things which will, will harm you and that aren't, aren't right for you, and that's your choice. But there are truths, there are fundamental truths um, that do exist in how men and women relate to each other simply by being uh, a penis and a vagina, you know? Um, also, you know, just point out here your your uh, assertion that um, a man stands a better a chance in a fight than a woman. That does ring true to an extent, but women have several biological advantages over men. I mean, you're talking about um, oh, absolutely, men die men die sooner than women. Like that's that's fact, and and it's not about advantages or disadvantages. Like um, as a man, I have to work and provide, and uh, as a woman, like she's got to be maternal and raise the kids, and like. Not today, not in Vancouver. Well, yeah. both parents whatever. have to work I mean, but then, but then we're just going to turn into Rome and, and completely fall apart. But it's just like, it's true. Like, like, and even girls, even I've met girls that are in denial about this stuff, and and they've, and it's not even denial, but just like saying that they straight up hate the fact that they can't hold, uh, that they have to like avert their eyes and not make too much eye contact with a guy, or else making them think that they're interested, you know. And these are just social things that aren't creations. But they are just simply manifestations of what is and, and, and following along with the guidelines that male and female relationships go together is just simply how life is. And you can change it all you want, but this thing will remain there and it is never going away. Do you guys want to wrap this up? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so we're going to do some closing statements now. Um, I guess we'll start with Kieran. So how do you think this went? Where, where do you think we're going with uh, gender spectrum openness? I think we're moving forward and I think we will continue to move, move forward. I mean, uh, several countries already have the option as for X um, passports and I don't see us 
reversing, uh, I don't see us going back. As a culture, you know what I mean? We don't move backwards. And I think we're moving forwards and we will continue to move forwards. And this is just the same thing as the civil rights movement and first wave feminism. It's eventually going to be a norm and fighting against it is fruitless. Like all it'll do is harm people in the current situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't see it. I don't see it as fruitless. I, I see it as just simply um, uh, expressing expressing feelings that uh, are intrinsic to my being and just and how I've how I've viewed life and observed life. And um, you can say that things are moving forward, but I mean, most people think that they're progressing in a good direction when that might not be the case. Um, so time will tell. Time will tell whether or not this this society is going to you know survive and thrive. Or, you know, if it'll decay and decline. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, everyone should be as, as, as kind to one another as we can and, um, and just work through differences through conversations and be inclusive uh, of different different beliefs. Yeah, yeah cool. But uh, yeah, I got a piece out. So, um, yeah, great talking with you guys. Uh, yeah, so there were a few things I wanted to get into that we didn't really get to cover, but um, I suppose that can be tabled for later time. Uh, overall, I don't think my opinion changed. I, I don't think I heard anything that convincing from uh, the opposing view here. I'm still convinced that we should separate 100% the definite. Well, not 100% because they're correlated, but we should separate gender and sex as definitions. Um, and we should acknowledge that we can keep these definitions and we can biologically label people and that's fine. And we do that. And these definitions allow us to do that. I don't think there's as big an issue there as, as people are letting on. And I think it's very clear that gender is primarily different in social areas and psychological areas um, and sexual areas. Okay, but it's different than biology. Just the pure biological situation of having a penis or a vagina. These are different terms. And I think we really need to stick to these different terms if we're going to have any sort of relevant discussion on the topic. Um, and I think we're mixing them up too much. Um, is gender binary? No. Is your biological sex binary? For the most part, yeah. Um, and I don't think those opinions have changed much at all from my side, but uh, it has definitely been an enjoyable discussion. Okay. Thanks so much to both of you. We're we're done, but uh, but yeah, thanks. Like I cut out like about an hour and a half ago. I, oh, it was a good podcast. Though. I'm really surprised you guys are still on. Holy shit! You got a little really nice there. It's Thomas. It's Thomas. All right. So that was Persuade Cast episode three. I just wanted to uh, extend a huge thanks to our speakers. Things got pretty stressful, but everyone stuck around and stayed civil. And uh, because of that, I learned things I never would have even thought of were not for hearing your voices on the matter. Just want to say for that, I really appreciate you giving up some of your afternoon to have this discussion. I feel we've barely even scratched the surface of this topic, and I'd like to go over it again on a future date with uh, maybe some new speakers, uh, maybe some returning speakers, maybe even some people who have had formal education in gender studies. That'd be great. But yeah, um, as always, we're looking for diverse worldviews, so if you're a passionate speaker who'd like to come on the show, or even if you have some feedback on this episode, please send us an email at socialmedia at persuadecast.com. 
Anyways, uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Until next time, this has been PersuadeCast. Cast.